Well, hello and good moment, beautiful soul, amazing human being. What a privilege and honor to be with you again. I hope that wherever you are on this planet, you're doing fantastic. I'm sending you a massive hug through the airwaves, sending all of my good vibes to you, all of my support, well wishes, synchronicity, uh, universal spirit power, all to you. Um, we have an amazing episode of the show for you today. We have Dr. Pasu Paletti on. He has got degrees coming out everywhere. He's a medical doctor. He's a neurologist. He's brilliant all around, and he's also uh, studied ancient yogic wisdom. He, he is writing a book on mantras and the power of word, and we talk about all kinds of things here. We talk about brain science, mindset, uh, the pineal gland, the the neurology of free, uh, of the neurology of fear, the importance of moderation, how to optimize brain health, um, the importance of diet, a hundred why there's 108 energy centers in the body, why mantras work on a DNA level, um, dealing with guilt, higher consciousness, and inner peace. And so much. That's just a tip of the iceberg. Those are just a few of the show notes I have. So this is a fantastic episode. You are going to love it. And if you do, please take a moment, share that episode. It helps so much. Share on Facebook, tag me. Share on Instagram, tag me. Pretty please. It helps immensely. You can also support the show by leaving a review on iTunes. That also helps immensely. Chipping a, a buck in the bucket or something uh, on Patreon, that helps immensely. And uh, I appreciate all the support. Thank you very much. And for those of you who want to really learn and, and go a step further uh, and you want to learn a step-by-step -step master system for overcoming self-sabotage, strengthening your connection with spirit and designing and living the life of your dreams, check out the Soul compass course that is absolutely free when you join the academy there's exclusive content in there there is brainwave entrainment there is coaching from uh, and teaching from past guests so the academy is there and uh the soul compass course is amazing it's really distilling the wisdom of 400 episodes of the podcast reading a ton of spiritual uh, personal development and spirituality books and just making it simple and practical so when you go through that you're going to learn how to turn on your innate intelligence your intuition your connection with spirit in a very simple very practical way when you are done those 21 lessons guaranteed and it's free with the academy so check it out and if you guys want to go a step further you want to work with me one-on-one -on -one, hit me up mattbelair.com forward slash coaching I do workshops for one-on-one, -on -one. I work with teams and groups, I work with CEOs, and I work with every, anybody who is committed. And they're like, you know what, I really wanna figure out who I am, what I came here to do, and I'm ready. And if that's you and you're committed, all of those scenarios work and would love to work with you. So just uh, check out the website. Let me know uh, what your deal is, what, how I can help, and we'll make it happen. So I think that's it. Um, thank you guys so much for listening. Let's come into a state of peace and coherence before we dive in. Wherever you are in the world, just stop what you're doing. Take in a deep breath in through your nose. Hold that breath. And just let it out slowly, filling every cell, muscle, fiber of your being with peace, joy, courage, inspiration, connection, and ready to take on this absolutely phenomenal episode with Professor Pasu Paletti. And also, I forgot, the best way to support this show is doing one kind act in the world you are today, or even better, do three kind acts wherever you are in the world. So consider doing that. I appreciate you and enjoy this episode. Hello and welcome to the Mastermind Body and Spirit Show. I'm your host, Matt Belair. 
Today's guest is a neurologist, professor of medicine at the University of Michigan, and author of the upcoming book, 108 Sanskrit Mantras for Peace, Happiness, and Harmony. Welcome to the show, Dr. Pasu Paletti. Thank you, and it's my honor, and uh, I know, very glad to be with you. I'm, I'm so excited to dive into your work. Uh, you obviously have a very accredited background, and you also have a deep knowledge of spiritual practices, and it's uh, great timing because I was actually looking up for myself um, you know, mantras and affirmations and meditations because personally in my work, I believe words are powerful. I believe what we focus on is powerful and mantras are, are some of the oldest spiritual technology in existence and words and what we speak and what we focus on. And so you have an immense um, knowledge of neurology, of brain science, and you're merging that with spirituality. So excited to have you on here, excited to learn. And I uh, just want to invite you to share a little bit about your background and what inspired you to write this book. Well, thank you so much for uh, inviting me. I am from India. Basically, I grew up in India for 27 years. And uh, then I came to United States 40 years ago. So my journey started 40 years ago in West. Growing up in India, uh, the culture, the traditions, the spirituality, and uh, anything about like law, nature, law, dharma, everything is ingrained in the you know, people there. You don't have to go to schools. You don't have to go to colleges, universities. Even a beggar knows what is karma and what is uh, his lot when he was born. So that is how uh, the whole culture was almost like given by the ancient seers 10,000 plus years ago who came from across the Himalayas and they came to India. And this is the only place where in the whole world lot of time and lives are invested within the human being, not outside world. Unfortunately, as you know, in the modern world now, uh, you know, the positive values are all um, almost nothing existing because everything is overridden by the materialism, extremism, you know, uh, intolerance, violence, terrorism, all this because of lack of gurus and lack of teachings. What are the positive values and how you handle your brain? The only thing we, you know, we all know here is that uh, take a pill and pill will take care of my brain. But in growing up in India, since childhood, I started reading. First, it interests me as you know, stories of the Puranas, like gods and goddesses. Because as a child with picture books, you get very interested. As soon as school is over, you go to the library. In those days, we don't have internet. We don't have uh, any kind of access. So you go to the library, read those storybooks. That's how I developed interest in spirituality and uh, mind and spirit and all that stuff. As, I'm, as I was growing older, after high school, uh, I jumped into medical school. Even there, I, you know, it, it continued. My spiritual journey continued. I used to go to temple every week, every Saturday, stand in the line for one or two hours and uh, see the God and come back. And it's like, a, it's a ritual. I did that. Then I came here and I continued. I studied all the books. Luckily, I was exposed to like Bhagavad Gita, Vedas, Upanishads, all those when I was a child. So I have some knowledge in Sanskrit. So when I was uh, in India, I used to write poems, poetry. 
in my native language about gods and goddesses. And then when I came here, I wrote most of my articles in neurology, brain diseases, and all that. Then I decided that I should do something for humanity. What the ancient rishis and seers they did, sacrificing their lives for the welfare of human, human well-being, not materialism. I thought, okay, I should also at least whatever knowledge I acquired, I should plus I had the advantage of being a neurologist. I studied the brain extensively, all the diseases. Plus, I have the opportunity to teach the medical students and residents about the brain and taking care of patients. That's why I wrote this book. That's amazing. I well, I have the same passion for the I don't know. Some people call them the ascended masters, or from a Western point of view, I I had the idea of just martial arts and brain powers. You know what was possible, and when you look at you could say gurus of the East. You could talk about uh, people like Babaji or the yogis. I was always so fascinated um, at what the claims were that they could do with their mind and body. And from the martial arts standpoint, when I was a kid, I wanted to know how I could break bricks with my hands. And I thought that was a very fascinating concept. And as you get older, I feel like, especially now when you observe the world, being able to handle fear, being understand how your own mind works, being uh, pulled in so many different directions and being manipulated emotionally, if you don't have a centered place, if you don't know how to center yourself, center your consciousness, center your brain. And so why don't you start a little bit with the science of the brain and what we need to know to optimize our brain health and then in whatever order you want and then move into some of those spiritual practices. And then I definitely want to ask, you know, your views on higher consciousness, what that means and how we can integrate that into our lives. Because especially now we need, we need those people to uh, create a centered view in, in what seems to be a chaotic world. Sure. Absolutely. See, brain is a fascinating uh, functional organ, you know, in the whole body and it has the capacity to accommodate anything good, bad, ugly, whatever it is. The reason being that the brain has, at least if you look at the top of the brain called cortex, it's like a 14-inch pizza, black pizza covered all over the brain. And it's like a multi-layered, and it has billions and billions of neurons, the nerve cells. And their interconnections are like trillions. You can imagine how fast it's much. As you know, brain is the one, um, man is the one in, you know, he invented the internet and uh, computer and all that stuff. So it came from our own brain. So brain has the flexibility, possibility, and endless energy. Because if you look at your body, you have your body with your organs and senses and all that. Then you have your main, uh, main functioning thing in the brain is the mind. And then you have emotions and you have energies. The whole problem is coming from not able to harmonize and organize your thoughts in your brain. That is probably the main culprit I can look at it as a neurologist. The other thing is that not just because a neurologist, as a educated person, you know that ignorance is the root cause of all the problems in the world. Why did I say ignorance? Because ignorance is compared to darkness. Why? Because in the dark, you can't see anything, right? Even if uh, something moves, you think some snake is crawling on your feet. 
and you get scared and anxious nervous your heart rate goes up you sweat and if you turn the light switch on the light with the light you know what is going on so that's why knowledge is compared to light that's why the gods and goddesses are called divine means light how the brain as a neurologist i tell my patients also don't ever think that it is a dead end even when i started practicing in like 1988 when i start seeing patients with strokes i used to tell them a physical therapist used to say oh i think we did enough physical therapy i think that's it or when i send a patient who had a stroke 12 years ago with hemiplegia paralysis on one side they they call me and say why you send this patient he's already had stroke 12 years ago i tell them no brain has the capacity until you die that is the key for anything all these meditations yoga mantra pranayama means in you know, the breathing exercises all these things are basically you, tools you are using to make yourself pure or clear because you need clarity of the mind purity of the mind and clarity of the knowledge all these lead to that once you have a, a purity of the mind you have inner peace that inner peace is your bliss so how does this work basically your cortex is the one that is doing all this work so you, the pranayama and uh, your meditation your mantras everything basically you are diverting your thoughts because mind is nothing but flow of thoughts like a river flowing constantly right the water is flowing constantly mind is always this you know somebody says to me oh i can control my mind i say your brain you know unless you are brain dead or you are dead you can't control your mind all you can do is you can divert your thoughts in a positive way to a positive in a positive direction then you can use that full potential energies you have within the body you can invoke them and is it true scientifically absolutely so you ask me about as a neurologist how do how did i gain this knowledge if i see a patient who had a let us say injury to his spinal cord right at the neck he can move his arms he can move his legs but he is still conscious and his brain is functioning fine let us say he had injury to his back of his brain where you have your balanced brain that is also we call it small brain and it has like 69 billion nerve uh, cells it's a wonderful brain you know you are a mountain climber you to climb the mountains all these skillful acts you do are a surgeon to do his skillful surgery you need your cerebellum even to walk straight when you are drunk when somebody is drunk or they are high on drugs why do they do that walking test because cerebellum they are checked because cerebellum is the first one to be affected during you know intoxication even cerebellum doesn't maintain all these emotions and everything you have it's the cortex it's very simple it's just a multi layered pizza size layer of your brain that's what the whole thing is about the whole uh, you know science of yoga science of meditation everything comes from that am i making it somewhat clear to you like simple yeah absolutely i you know i have so many questions i no, I, i wanted do. to ask uh, i wanted to ask uh, your your views on the pineal gland because there's a lot of mystery there um and also the effect of fear on on the brain and and what it does you know being an extreme sports athlete and teaching a lot about peak performance and mindset 
and how to create a life of your dreams, so to speak. You know, when I do coaching of that, it's always just overcoming a fear and asking basic questions. What do you want to do? You know, how could you give back? And at the beginning of your uh, story, you, you thought about the yogis and the teachers, like how did they serve humanity? And I believe you get a greater sense of fulfillment that way. And when you do that, it overcomes materialism because you stop thinking about what can I get, but what can I give back? How can I help? I think that's important. And the most um, ultimate form of materialism is accepting your own death, accepting that life is not permanent. So you overcome that fear. And I feel like fear is a really big gatekeeper. So I'm curious if you can touch a little bit on um, the pineal gland, a little bit of talk about uh, fear and maybe how to overcome it as far as neurology is concerned. And then finally, because ha- I'm throwing a lot at you because I'm curious, I want to get it all out there, but the origin of consciousness. Because as far as I understand this, it's, it's not even in the brain. They can't locate it at a certain point. And so when we look at neuro-linguistic programming and maps of the world, uh, when you spoke about ignorance before, um, what I'm noticing now is people have a map of the world, a belief system of where they came from and what's true, but they aren't open to any new information that might bring more information and more understanding. They're closed off because this neural map is already set in stone and they don't want to change that. It's very rigid. And so I'm curious if you can speak about those concepts. Sure. So you asked me about the pineal gland. You asked me about the neurology of fear, anxiety, and also What's the third question you have is the, uh, how, the consciousness. Where, yeah, if it's located. No, the, origin of the no, origin of the consciousness. That's what you're asking. The pineal gland, a lot of people put emphasis on the pineal gland, but the real anatomy of pineal gland, it, you know, it, it is very useful until you are a teenager, pineal gland. And once you are a teenager, that the role of pineal gland actually diminishes. The one that you, you probably want to know more about is the pituitary gland. That is the one connects to all the glands in the body. For example, your thyroid gland, right? I, you know, even pineal gland, all the glands, every system is connected and everything operates through the uh, pituitary gland because pituitary gland is like your master computer or whatever you want to call in the basement within the drive. Then you can extend all those things. As far as the the fear is concerned, as you know, it is uh, psychological and then it reflects as a physiological. To give you example, the way the ancient seers found out that mind can be at least not totally you know, make silent, but you can divert. How did they find out when people are fearful, they notice that they are sweating, their heart rate is going up, their pupils are dilating, right? They are blushing, all that stuff. And they said, wait a minute, so what is doing? And then they are breathing heavy. Respiratory rate from 14 to 16, it's going to 20 to 30. That is how, looking at the person, they realized the ancient is 10,000 years ago, realized, wait a minute, there is a connection. So now we know the pituitary gland, pineal gland, all these glands which are important for your body. Only they do, they react, they secrete hormones according to your psychological status. You can say it is interconnected because they are secreting, I'm being anxious, nervous. That's not the case. Most of the time, it's your reaction. So that's how the pranayama, the breathing exercises came. In other words, while we both are talking, we both are breathing, otherwise we'll be dead. 
and we are not telling our brain or our nose or our uh, respiratory system say hey keep breathing let us say god said no 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 you have to do on your own just like eating ourselves to test our thirst i mean our hunger then you keep in let us say you forgot and you are so excited or you are so uh, immersed deeply in something and then you forgot to breathe for a few seconds what happens same thing with your heart it does automatically so what they are say telling is in pranayama they are telling you and at least you can control your breathing in other words you can make the breathing conscious by doing that you can actually have a control on your anxiety and fear that's number one number two to answer your question how do you uh, overcome this fear anxiety and all that and you addressed already you, you know you mentioned that i said ignorance is the root cause of all the problem correct so basically what you are doing is anything in the world including misery hunger everything is man made what it means is you are creating your own problem you are creating your own anxiety they say that okay there is a thyroid low function that's why i gained weight that's why i'm depressed maybe there is some element of truth in the sense when the levels are too low you know what i'm saying like sodium a little bit low sodium is not going to really hurt you but if it goes too low because you are drinking 5 gallons of water then you will have problems with low sodium like seizures or weakness or whatever same way here with the fear and anxiety always go to the underlying problem to the root why i am afraid of oh i am afraid of heights that's because you are climber you say oh my god i am afraid of heights i can oh my god what if i fall off the cliff that is the reason why just like you have yoga and meditation and breathing exercises they don't come overnight you don't get phd or i didn't get medical i mean md overnight even though i have the knowledge but they test you and you go through years of training and after 5 6 years they say okay you are ready to be a doctor same thing with uh, tra- you know with uh, you were climbing or you know fear and all that not just rock climbing or anything any fear some people have afraid of going on the bridges and heights and open spaces and all that stuff you can say it is a disease but you know i did by the way i did psychiatry also before i became a neurologist first i did psychiatry then i did neurology then i became specialist in muscles and nerves so i have three specialties so i have the advantage of psychiatry also so i have seen psychiatric patients with schizophrenia bipolar depression and anxiety neurosis uh, and phobias i dealt with those patients when i was uh, counseling them i did not counsel according to the books okay here is the antidepressant okay i'll see you in uh, uh, okay it doesn't work for 6 weeks come back and see me in 2 months i never did that i always wanted to find out why they are depressed and go to the root problem address that and then believe it or not why some people have this uh, feeling that if this doctor touches me i, I get better right they never leave that doctor they have that belief is you know they they think he is demigod all this is because with that kind of thinking you know like you talked about pineal gland and uh, pituitary gland and all those glands we have endocrine glands what happens is 
with uh, confidence with belief with the security feeling actually your immune system improves right your uh, confidence improves so basically meditation yoga breathing all these things that's all they are doing they are laying steps for you to climb the ladder steps you know to climb so same thing with your uh, mountain climbing first thing is they have to address the fear itself for example let us take the death you mentioned about death fear of death if somebody comes and say i'm afraid all my you know not all of them but a lot of patients have the fear of death and you ask me dr p don't you have fear of death even if it comes to my mind then i go to the reality whatever born has to die so i tell my patients only thing certain is your birth the death and by the you know when you are born nobody knows i mean you didn't know that you were born only proof is your mother and you have the belief and faith in your father because your mother told so of course nowadays you have the paternity test and all that stuff but this is before that i'm talking about correct and death itself when death happens do you know do you feel the death no nobody knows when they die when you you know we, we go to bed with confidence that we are going to get up in the morning but if you look at the whole world the 7.5 billion people how many people are going to bed thinking that they will get up in the morning and they they didn't get up they didn't even know that they were dead oh he had a massive heart attack in sleep correct so that is how as a neurologist knowing the brain and how it functions brain is just a organ it's just a functional organ and it has the main function is mind mind is nothing but flow of thoughts that is where you want to control your thought i don't say hey don't let the thoughts come to your mind let them come be an observer how do i do that when you go to a movie you are sitting there as a uh, spectator you are watching the movie correct same thing you watch your thoughts let them go by problem is you react to over reaction oh my god oh my god you say oh it's just a thought let it go as long as i don't care about it it's like a child like my 3 year old grandson if me and my wife or my children are talking he gets upset he comes in the middle because we are not paying attention to him so that is how you address the fear and the pineal gland uh, to be honest with you uh, i pay more attention to the pituitary gland than pineal gland because all the diseases we see we see a tumor called pineoloma but it is not a malignant like a life you know killing tumor compared to the pituitary tumor sometimes you can lose vision with pituitary tumor so that's why we pay in as neurologists we pay more attention to the at least i do and also the cortex especially the frontal cortex we pay attention to and the knowing the nerve cells the main thing as a neurologist i i tell all my patients with confidence is listen you have billions of nerve cells in the brain okay and uh, every day you know when we were born when we were growing up we have tons of hair slowly we lose hair when we have hair we didn't care once we start losing hair we start applying some you know, whatever that uh, rogaine or something this gel that gel try to comb over all those things people do exactly the same way you have to handle the fear 
and the anxiety you ignore them in the sense just like a flow of thought hey this is just a flow of thought let it go let, just observe it like you are watching a you know like a nascar uh, <laughs> Yeah, am I making it clear to you? I mean, yeah, yeah, absolutely. I I agree with all those points, and and you're making them very simple and applicable. Simple, right. I, yeah, I wanted to ask one more thing on the on the brain science thing before moving kind of more into some esoteric questions that I'm curious about in the mantras. What what are uh, for brain? No, I haven't answered. I haven't answered the consciousness. Remember that. I yeah, yeah. I'm excited to really dive deep into that. Um, what what can we do just on a practical level for brain health, like the best habits or foods or supplements just as a daily thing? And what are the worst things that we can be doing? So because I don't know that much, um, I would think good things would be meditation, good clean diet, um, things like that. And then the worst thing you could do is a ton of sugar, no exercise, poor lifestyle. Um, and so for you and your work, what, what are things we can do for brain optimization? And what are the worst things that would uh, create uh, brain erosion or uh, detriment? Wonderful. That's a wonderful question, actually, very practical. I see patients with uh, strokes, I see patients with dementia, right? Very uh, common and migraine patients. These are the people who come to us most of the time. There are other special diseases, but these are the people. For example, to you know, what are the best foods and what are the bad foods for the brain? Remember I told you in the beginning itself, I use that as a mantra, believe it or not. That is my mantra. Ignorance is the root cause of all the problems in the world. <laughs> Knowledge is the answer. What I, what I mean is I tell them, you say, I love steak, I love beef, I love shrimps, I love this. I say to them, I never say don't eat this because I'm vegetarian. I never say, tell every, you know, don't eat beef, don't eat pork, this is bad, that is bad. I tell them, eat anything you want, but eat in moderation. What do you mean by that? You love steak. Okay, do, a, do something good to your body and mind. Treat yourself with a steak. I'm not saying don't stop it, right? And when you go to a restaurant, don't go to buffets and fill your plate three, four times. So overindulgence makes you sleepy. You don't exercise, you sleep a lot. And when you are sleeping, all your blood flow is going to your stomach, not to the brain. So naturally the brain cells are starving for uh, nutrition and they can, it's like your uh, flowers, summertime. If they don't get enough water, naturally they wither away and they die slowly. So I tell them, you can eat anything you want but eat in moderation. Too much is nonsense. This is not a rocket science. This is there for thousands of years. Once again, eat in moderation as far as the diet is concerned. I tell them, the second thing is, even if you love cars and you kept your car in garage for a long time without even starting the engine, what happens to your car? It doesn't start right away when you ignite it. Sometimes it may not, if it is old car, it doesn't even start. So I tell, just if you want your car run smoothly, what do you do? Once in a while, you take it at least a couple of times a week or so, even if you're not working, you take it out for shopping, grocery shopping or whatever. You're still keeping the maintenance, you keep it running. Same thing you have to do with your body. Don't slouch in the couch and eat potato chips and watch Netflix or whatever those movies, for, you know, one after another, one after another, one after another series finishing. You can't do that and expect doctors to do miracles. 
that's why you know any yogic system vedic thought they always tell you body mind emotions and energy there is nothing beyond that there is no other uh, science or uh, there is no other uh, you know special thing as far as the uh, you know like a health well being is concerned so that is the diet that is the exercise right even if you go to a cardiologist after heart attack or before heart attack what does he tell you hey do at least 10 minutes oh i can do my legs hurt walk with your wife outside well, you know it's a spring time or summer time go and watch the uh in your neighborhood some flower you know flower beds and all that that is still exercise in other words the other one is so too much is nonsense eat moderately the second thing is something is better than nothing so if i say hey do every day half an hour seven days a week you may not do it so you lose the whole purpose of uh, exercise if i say just walk that's why when patient comes to me i could able to do only this i say hey at least you are you are doing something it's something better than nothing common sense approach in medicine also not only in uh, spiritual field even in medicine common sense works the best that is the second question right third uh, you have you want me to answer the consciousness or you want to go you have yeah well i i agree with all that what it reminds me of is germ theory versus terrain theory and this is a new concept that i learned you know, researching everything that's going on with the coronavirus and uh, germ theory basically says there's all these different germs that can make us sick and, uh, and then you need to get a, a specific pharmaceutical, a specific vaccine, a specific thing to take it away or chop it off your body. And terrain theory is more about the terrain of the body and how you take care of your body. And it's everything. You can see it. I'm sure you've seen this. Um, and I'd love your feedback just to confirm. But a, a healthy person may be in body and mind, but maybe they're so our body but uh, in diet, but they're so toxic in their mind and their thoughts, something happens maybe to their heart. Something maybe happens to their lungs. And so it really is a synergy of the body the diet, what you put in there, and your emotional well-being. And I feel like that is probably where 90% of disease comes from. And when you look at our world today, most people aren't taking, not most, but many, many, many people are not taking care of their body. They do not use moderation. They're not exercising 10 minutes a day. And you go to the doctor and you expect them to make you better. Well, this is a result of you not taking care of anything that you're doing. And if you are taking care of those things, if you're taking care of body, mind, spirit, at least a little bit, the chances of you getting ill are much, much, much less. And if you do get ill, your chance of recovery is much greater through using the exact same thing, a common sense. You know, anybody, my dad got really sick and they told him to change his diet, right? It's just, you can't keep running a same pattern over and over and over again and not expect the body to react. So I appreciate this, the simple answer. Well, the, uh, the, for that, the simple thing is you are what you eat. Very simply, simply, you are what you eat. So if you put too much toxins into your body, what I mean is like preserved food. If you look at any food you buy in the supermarket, if you look at the labels and the preservatives they add for one, let us say one vegetable or one meat, unbelievable. And they all cause cancer and all, they're all toxic to your body. But FDA approves to certain amount. And if you are exceeding, that means you are overeating. Of course, you are putting toxins in your body. That's why you are, you are what you eat. Absolutely. Again, it goes back to moderation and exercise. You, know, you cannot say, I know this is how yogic 
uh, forgive me if i am not coming straight at your answer scientifically and all that uh, why i am still going through i mean i am giving you answers like a ancient vedic tradition and yogic tradition because that proven to be correct for 10000 years science today is right tomorrow is wrong hmm. you can say that because i mean i have been practicing since 1976 medicine so 44 years how many things they fda approves and they recall because uh, of the side effects and toxic effects right so why i am saying that is that's why i am making it still simple to back to the yogic tradition and uh, vedic thought because you have to for example they say they give you in a one sanskrit verse you are hungry Let's say i am hungry mat mat is very kind and generous and uh, very empathetic and you bring food to me you leave it there and say expecting that i will at least get up and eat the food so that i won't be hungry but i am too lazy even to get up and take the food from the table and eat so that's why this uh, the verse goes next step that somebody else comes and puts some um, you know food in your mouth at least you have to chew and you have to swallow right i know how we see homer simpson's uh, uh, episodes you know he puts the iv in the in the geriatric you know the retirement thing so he doesn't have to breathe or he doesn't have to you know even though it's a satire you know it's a funny thing comedy is teaching us a lesson so like you said i actually that's why uh, i wrote emails you because your body mind spirit nails the yogic tradition and vedic thought but what you are doing is much better than what we do because we just give them prescriptions and uh, you know prevention is one ounce is, prevention is better than one pound cure hmm. and you are at the prevention we are at the cure level <laughs> well it's nice to know we're on the same team and a compliment from you is is certainly uh no but that, that is uh, true i appreciate it because that's um, how doctors live right <laughs> mm. yeah well good ones you know i'm i'm reminded of uh you know kelly brogan who really brilliant she's uh in psychiatry and she was she said she was she's very brilliant and was all down the medical road i think she went to mit or one of those or one of the or harvard one of the big ones and she was wanting people to get better but she noticed the pharmaceuticals were not working and so she had to kind of change everything she didn't have like maybe at that time and i don't know for sure but that maybe that spiritual view that you did this holistic view of everything and so she was doing what she believed was right but it wasn't getting the results for her patients uh that she wanted and so she started to re-question everything, you know, started to pick apart pharmaceuticals, started to do all that stuff. And actually, it goes back to the Flexner report of 1910. Uh, I think it's 1910. And that's when Rockefeller and Carnegie essentially co-opted and took over a hostile takeover of medicine and said everything needs to be, um, you know, a pharmaceutical or a vaccine. And that's where they just did away with anything natural, anything Ayurvedic, anything yoga, anything preventative, anything, like you said, going to the root. Right. It's like, oh, you're you're severely obese and you have heart problems. Well, let's get to the root of why you do those things, because it's probably going to have an effect on your health. And even if we do liposuction, even if we get your heart back to normal, I transplant in a brand new heart, I transplant in a brand new set of lungs. If you keep that same lifestyle, that same mindset, you're just going to toxify everything again, no matter um, what you put in there. And the amazing thing about the body is that it is so intelligent 
And when you harmonize it and you treat it right, just like the car analogy, you put fresh oil in there, you take care of it, you make sure everything's working functioning uh, properly, it will heal itself in an extraordinary amount, quickly, very quickly, an extraordinarily quickly amount of time. It's not, I try to say it right, um, but you know what I mean. And it's amazing what the body can do. And so I think it's such an important thing. So I'd love for you to touch on um, consciousness and the mantras. And I want to get into deeper stuff about um, what, we, what you believe the limits of consciousness in the human body are um, about these you know, yogis and, and they can astral project and they can heal their body and things like that. You know, on a very simple scale, I had a, a former pro boxer reach out who had read my book a few years ago and he, he was going through some stuff and he kind of wanted to chat. And he said, hey, I read your book a few years ago. I wanted to chat. Well, it turns out he said, you know, I read your book when I was injured. Um, the doctor told me that I am not going to compete in boxing for six months uh, or I'm not going to be able to even throw a punch. So I'm not going to be able to train or throw a punch for six months. I read your book. I did the visualizations, positive thoughts, right? I didn't invent this. I just studied and shared the information. He said I was competing and winning in three months just from using what was in the book, just by using simple mindset techniques. And that shows you that you, when you direct consciousness towards healing, when you direct consciousness in any way, the universe is going to respond to that. And I feel like that's a lot of what the uh, yogic philosophy is, is really um, using your will. There's a great book by Yogananda, Scientific Affirmations. Have you read that one? I have a book in my library. <laughs> yeah, I love that one. And the analogy I use, I think is so good. He talks about, um, you say an affirmation, but nothing happens. And right. since we're electromagnetic beings, you say the affirmation and maybe it's like one volt out of a hundred, right? You say, I want this. I want my arm to heal. And it's one out of a hundred. But he goes, when you were a spiritual being and you have will and you're connected to the whole universe, if you imagine a mother whose car is tipped over, right? She doesn't think about how strong she is. Right. She goes yeah. over there. And with all of her will, with all of her being, with all of her intention, she moves the thing and it's happened. And there's recorded times of this, it's, it's supposed to be impossible, but that's that willpower. And so if you were to take and transfer that will to your healing or to your service or to your passion in life or to what you want to bring to the world, now you're engaging in that universal force, that high, what I perceive to be a higher consciousness, this spirit, this power that is in every single one of us and accessible by every single one of us oh absolutely i think you already know the answer for that then <laughs> um, the consciousness you know probably i'm sure that you have read a lot of books on consciousness but from neurology standpoint we have to use uh, basic neurological like neurons and all that stuff when i you know when i see patients who are in coma i have to go and tell the family because there is always uh, a difference of opinion and uh, emotional roller coaster and all that. If somebody got gunshot wound or fell off a you know construction from the roof or something, had trauma, bleed in the brain. So we neurologists have to understand consciousness at the cellular level than our spiritual. But it turns out to be what the yogis and Yogananda's book and uh, the so-called will and all that stuff, the higher consciousness, they're all interconnected, literally. Only thing is you are using different terms. Uh, people are, it's like classification. 
whether you just say Easterners, Westerners, or you want to say again uh, Europeans, uh, Caucasians, this was this and this is all our mental uh, diarrhea, literally, because basically the fundamentals are always same. When you talk about consciousness, in simply put it, not making it complicated, being aware or awareness, that is consciousness. What does it mean? You are aware that you have a body. You are aware that uh, you, have, uh, you have thoughts, emotions. You are aware that there is uh, beings and there is a world around you. That is what consciousness is. And when you are subcon—I mean, subconscious, that means the pre-consciousness, when you are dozing off or when you are trying to go to sleep, you go in and out stages. That is not really awake. You are not in deep sleep. You are in between. And the unconscious or coma is the one where you have some kind of trauma, either uh, injury or toxins or whatever happened to your brain. So it shut down. So these are the three for everybody, correct? All the beings. But then they talk about this uh, higher consciousness. So the moment you say supreme consciousness, super consciousness, pure consciousness, higher consciousness, automatically it becomes mystic. Wow, there is something out there. How do I get it? That, that is a human tendency, right? That's why we are different from animals, because of the curiosity, creativity, interest to know this and that. That's what makes human. So when you say higher consciousness, actually, we all higher consciousness is something you transcend the consciousness. So higher consciousness is what? What you already experience every night when you go to bed. You have the alert state, which is daytime, or unless you take old, you are an old person and take some naps, daytime naps. Otherwise, you are awake during daytime. And then you go to bed and you sleep. And then you dream 90 minutes. And then there is a period early in the morning. At least one or two hours you sleep and you have no idea what you did. You have no clue. Then next day morning you say, aha, I slept very well. And you are so happy that you slept well. So what happened to that time, that blissful? That is what you are after. That is what higher consciousness. There is nothing beyond blissfulness. Because the universe versus you, if I, if I give you a paper and I put a dot there and I say, where this dot belongs to you, say, to the paper, correct? And if you are sitting in your room, there are walls and there is a neighborhood, blah, blah, blah. And if you to look at the whole thing, it's a, it's a Earth and it's in the solar system. It's in the universe, you know, it's in the galaxies, Milky Way and so on and so forth. So what yogis and uh, the Vedic uh, texts, spiritual texts did is that you already have that energy within you. All you have to do is invoke it, energize it. That's all they are saying. It's not dropping from the sky like a, you know, something special. It is always within you. That's what Yogananda, any enlightened uh, guru, teacher tells you that. Only thing is you have to tap that energy. Ancient seers, they always looked inner, in, inside for the well-being of the humanity. They, they did not look outside 
for materialism and so on and so forth that's how they imparted this wisdom and their knowledge to us that is what in simply put it if i make it very simple don't get disappointed but this is the highest truth you have the reality you agree with me or not yeah i i love that and i i think you put it really eloquently and very simply when you said you know you have the higher conscious within you all you need to do is invoke it and that's the same idea and philosophy i've come across in every single book or teacher that i give value to that it's in everybody and that you know gives us all the god force it makes us all equals right you don't need to be special you don't need to be anything we all have that same access and so my next question would be um you know how would you say that we in, invoke it are there specific ways is that why you use the mantras and the word and and I'd love for you to speak about the mantras in the book sure. and and what do you believe is the limit of of consciousness like when you read yogananda's book and baba ji is coming out and and making these palaces that are that are materializing and you're like huh that's that's some pretty wild stuff and there are stories like that and i'm i'm always curious one person asked me you know what do you do and i never know how to describe what the heck i do and so one answer i came up with once was i'm trying to find if there is an ascended master here i'm going to go track them down because i want to know who they are what they believe and how they did it and i've kind of been seeking that's why i went to nepal that's why i went and trained in china because those shaolin monks could do things that most people think are impossible and i wanted to know how they did it and so i'm curious what you believe the limits are uh do you think uh, yogis and these people are still here and how can we invoke that will so that we are in a state of peace and empowerment and also contribution when i give lectures you know for the last 40 years when i teach when i give lectures in neurology or medicine i have all kinds of uh, audience i have assistant professors i have doctors practicing uh, residents in training medical students and all that so if i speak at high level uh, professor level the medical student gets upset because hey what the heck are you talking about right if i talk about at, at medical student level then the assistant professor says why did i come to your class this is so simple then i give them couple of examples why i do this all the time i always give even if you look at christianity jesus he always gave metaphors if you look at vedas full of uh, analogies full of metaphors why did they do that they knew more than we do with functional mri and all those brain scans that brain grasps very easily when there is a comparison that's simple so in my book i always tell everybody unless you are you know you born with bad luck that you are mentally retarded or some damage to your brain everybody has the full potential to be a yogi or whatever you want to enlightened everybody in, in there is no single person this best example is i told you when i send a 20 year old stroke patient to a physical therapist they get surprised but few years ago article came in science that brain has the plasticity until you die so whatever they said it stops at 14 years of age myelination and ba 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 that's wrong what it means is because you have billions of cortical you know, the nerve cells in the top of the brain in the cortex 
they have trillions of connections within what two halves of the you know two lobes right that you can close your eyes and uh, you can see the whole world in your mind can't you the elephant in your head correct why because yep. brain has that capacity visualization what you what we call which because we give everything we gave give a name and form that's the, that's what we do humans mm. so i give these three examples to people so the first one i already told you that brain has the plasticity or plasticity forever until you know that right even when uh, people die the hair grows for few more days mm. and at the one. same at the same time you had to realize oh hair goes everywhere in the body true but how come your eyebrows grow everywhere else until you are 100 years old but not your eyelashes because god knows if they are too long you can't see anything darn thing the you know so this is how i give examples to make them understand because you are talking about these uh, uh, people how it can build something with thought or mantra and all that um the second example i give them is ramakrishna paramhamsa you probably heard the highest saint uh, enlightened person in our uh, culture uh, one day a person like me came to him and boasted that i am this great i am that great and i did all my life this this is for your a question answer because you are asking is there a yogi in the world who can uh, uh, they are called siddhis actually siddhi means who actually accomplished making those it has the powers to create something or bring a something out of uh, you know like a magician so he he goes to the paramahamsa and he has, he tells him i am this great that great and uh, i can walk on the water and uh, the ramakrishna paramahamsa said how long it took all my life now i can walk on a water and then he didn't say anything he gave him a let us say in our currency dollar told him here is the dollar there is a boat person given the dollar he will you know he will cross you from this side to that side you wasted all your life this is very important see when you are asking about siddhis am i right the other example i give them is we all went through high school you know of course i went through medicine in high school we did the chemistry experiments acids and bases and you have the pipette and you have this you do so carefully one extra drop it becomes pink the whole solution the tiny drops makes the whole thing different so to answer your question about the mantra why it doesn't work for everybody nowadays why it did work 10000 years ago why they even in uh, christianity in jesus time or uh, even in uh, muslim islam or anywhere how come they say that moses talked to god or uh, jacob talked talked to god this isaac talked to god abraham talked how come we don't talk to god question comes this is the same chemistry experiment is the key what it means is the mantra does it have a power as a neurologist can i say there is a power or not yes how come we can't achieve it because number 1 we don't have that kind of purity of the mind because we found the power of atom we created atom bomb and blew a country hiroshima nagasaki imagine that you have the power of the mantra to do anything you want you want to be the not only you want to be the king of the earth 
we want to be king of the whole universe that is the reason why we don't have that kind of capacity to use those mantras because we use it for evil i mean majority at least i cannot say but in general that's how the tendency is look at the modern world of course the utmost thing is you have to have the correct pronunciation the rhythm the tone the purity of the mind selflessness you don't want the mantra for the welfare uh, for yourself i want to be rich i want to be wall street king no you want that mantra that's how they came up with om and uh, namaha because om is universal it's relevant to everyone if you put your thumb and index finger like this thumb is the fire right index finger is air if you put the fingertips and uh, why you sit like in a lotus position and press this two and you feel calm and relaxed whether you say om or you don't say om because it's science i'll tell you the science when we talked about the body mind emotions energy there are 110 energy centers in the body can i see them no you can't only thing you can see is the spinal cord which is only 18 inches uh, long but these out of these 110 108 centers need invoked you know they need to be energized if they don't if they are not energized it's like your car once again going back to car you need fuel right not only fluid you need the everything you know has to go properly that's the only way car runs same thing with these energy centers you have to invoke them how how do you invoke them this is what they found because the power of universe and the power in you it may be in a limited portion because you have a form and shape but they both are same like i told you in the beginning the paper and the dot right does the uh, dot belongs to the paper or not of course it does so if earth is like a small tiny particle sand particle on the beach in the universe who you, who are you and who am i but if you have that kind of thinking and you always look inside yourself like inner what we call outer engineering and inner engineering for example for the car outer engineering is like you take care of beautiful tires and beautiful paint and looks hot and you want hot cheeks and all that stuff you make it look so so beautiful but when they say it and when you turn the key nothing it doesn't start so the inner engineering is you have to take care of the engine and everything else correct oil and all that so that inner engineering is the mantras and that mantras also like acid base it has to be proportional what is the proportional the uh, the way you pronounce it the rhythm the prosody the tone everything has to be and you mentioned word affirmations about yogaanand if you remember affirmations the difference between mantras and affirmations is affirmations are like uh, something positive it is positive but it's like a goal directed like sports people advertisement people right they use affirmations commercials we see catchy phrases so you go and buy the product there is no spirituality attached there there is no divine involved in that in mantra in om you the your the reason why you need that kind of vibration 
sound because mantra itself is a sound vibration universe is what sound vibrations we know scientists are telling you what first they said uh, four dimensional five dimensional 11 dimensional now they say string theory string is vibrating right god's particle higgs particle everything is boiled down to the quantum physics is what what the mantra says so there is a connection actually i don't want to say connection science agrees with our spiritual uh, teachings uh, did i make that clear or uh, see that's why i give examples that way your listeners can understand i don't want to use fancy words and fancy terms and they have to write it down and go back and look and somewhere in the book what does it mean you don't need all that because all you need is improve yourself inner self this is another thing if you notice that in uh, any rituals they say om shanti 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 means peace 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 my my children my everybody ask me this question why do they say three times in the temple first uh, first shanti is for you the second shanti peace is for your community and for your land where you are living third shanti is for the whole world so you do you not only want to be peaceful for yourself because it has a domino effect if you are unhappy that's what happens right a guy who was fired in post office next day he comes with a gun and he shoots everybody so you need peace for individually for community for the country for the whole world because you can't have a mansion surrounded by all poor huts people starving you can't enjoy no i always tell my patients also don't give them fish teach them how to fish you give them fish they eat for a day you teach them how to fish they eat for life so what you are doing is much much bigger than i mean it depends on which sense you are looking at what i mean is you are doing the preventive aspect of this i wish if i have if i become the health minister or whatever it is i like to have preventive clinics not prevention birth control this this that's not what i meant prevention like what you are doing especially mental health you ask you know you said the connection mental health has connection with the physical body why because as you know stress anxiety depression anger right um, you know all the rage uh, road rage all these lead to what they 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 release catecholamines right fight or flight reaction and what do they do they increase your blood pressure right they become they make the blood vessels hard you can get a heart attack you can get a stroke so mental that's the reason why if you calm the brain simply how can i become enlightened or uh, how can i gain this um, you know super conscious there is nothing to gain it's already there with you only thing is tap on it you go to somebody your friend's house there is a doorbell doors are closed you are outside you didn't text him or anything that you are coming either you have to knock the door or you have to ring the bell correct that's the only way they know that you are standing there people ask me all this all the time you know you you say this much but how it is helpful there is world i know the whole world there is hunger celebrities everybody's uh, 
neurotic thinking is what hunger world hunger but they have um, planes and all that doesn't matter they want to do commercial about world hunger then i have an answer for them and i'm sure lot of yogis also tell you the same thing everything is man made means you create your own depression you create your own anxiety you create your own uh, fear nervousness it's not coming from outside they are there for your senses to observe that's all everything is created by you anger or anything right if everything is created by you even if there is outward in- intervention if everything is coming from you unless you change the redirect those thoughts the mental the flow of thoughts that is the re- uh, to some other positive way you don't have to say i am this i am that i am that just visualize or think the reality let the thought come let it go so they have to experience the inner self that's what the vedas and vedanta say that uh, self knowledge self inquiry right who am i what am i and all that stuff unfortunately even including my children and everybody nowadays yeah now in the psychiatry they have to include a new terminology for the texting it's addiction now it's officially an addiction ipad and i mean the ipad and uh, i mean iphone and texting and all that now they have included that as addiction last year isn't shame that they have to include that as a, as a disease but disease even you know as far as i am concerned even for cancer for example when you have all these uh, emotions like, like i we talked about the body mind emotions when you have all these negative emotions what does dna, DNA do to you dna has a property of mutation right change when you have these negative emotions let us say the dna is changing what is it doing it's creating a new uh, uh, maps new information that may be hazardous to you what is it called cancer hmm. so if you do your mind yeah that's what dna does and that's why they say a pregnant woman don't smoke don't drink be calm all the as you are actually the same whatever you are eating the baby is getting through the blood umbilical cord right that's why they say that be careful we know that there is cocaine babies and all those things alcohol fetal alcohol syndrome and all that there is a proof same thing with the dna yes the mantra works at a dna level right it uh, in stuff writing all these new information with the messenger rna and all that i am talking about the cellular level for the brain cell you don't want to you want positive because your mind is your software mm. it depends on what you want to write on it oh i wrote lot of nonsense sometimes you may not know that subconsciously you are writing you are filling the software memory what happens it, it will have a residual effect so what happens you in your life you experience those instead of that you sit for a movement that's what yoga is see you what yoga does yoga gives mastery over your body hmm. means asanas means positions right like i just told you simple dhyana mudra you know pressing these two index and thumb uh, like this in a lotus position and what i say to people you have a dirty bottle in your in your mind just empty it before you sit 
well it's filling with first time it may fill with all dirty stuff second time third time fourth time so the problem is people have impatience they don't they you know they come to you for one coaching lesson or two lessons i didn't see any change this is not a uh, what do you call microwave you put 30 seconds and tap your fingers and say coffee is done even for 30 seconds you tap the table because you are impatient even for the baby it takes 9 months to be born am i right does it make sense to you or yeah absolutely i've been just really enjoying this lecture it was fantastic <laughs> well this is how i talk <laughs> yeah i agree, i agree with everything that you shared what it makes me curious about i'd love to ask you it's kind of almost borders a personal question um i no, think no, they're no, all kind ahead. of personal questions you know you touched on it a little bit in your view what if we want to make a difference on the planet so i look and i see starvation i see people suffering i see people people in fear and uh you know all these different things and and i want to make a positive difference i want to i want to help i remember when i was in nepal and i was studying with um buddhist buddhist monks and i asked the question about um they said the root of the root of uh suffering is desire so i asked about that and i said you know I'd like to, um, you know, get a lot of Zen. I wrote the book Zen Athlete at the time. I said, right, I'd love yes, it if I a million that. people read the book because I know how empowering that information is. I could, you know, I want to help. And he goes, that's not, that's not desire. And I said, how come? He goes, it's not for you. And I was like, oh, that's interesting. I never thought about that. And so if we're wanting to make a difference in the world and we want to use, you know, and I like your story about walking on water because you you talked after about being selfless. It's like, okay, I have this skill, right? I can fly around, but does that help anyone else? Is that, is that a useful thing to actually have? And so if we can get to the point where we're intending to be positive and we're looking at the world, which there's more suffering, you know, any way you want to look, if there's suffering somewhere, we want to make an impact. When I think about mantras or affirmations or trying to make a difference, Sometimes I see people, they call it different things like uh, maybe just, oh, you know, starvation doesn't affect me, so I don't want to do anything. Or this problem exists, I don't want to do anything about it. I can only focus in my world. And I feel like it's that lack of compassion that allows these things to continue on. And so from your view, what can we do to move towards world peace to functioning systems to making an impact? And also with all of these tools that I've learned, it's I want to use them to make the impact greater to make that positive impact greater and then at the same time because i'm so ignorant i don't know these big pictures i don't like you said uh, science changes everything changes with new technology you know the mystery here is incredible and so i can only intend and hope that what i would like to share is positive and helpful and i can only hold that intention because maybe in 20 years they'll say eating strawberries was bad for you and matt kept saying eating strawberries or, or meditating you know it's only the intention and the research to to move it forward and so i'm just curious uh, what you think about all that and how we might be able to use these tools to transform ourselves uh, and then also too i guess we're living in the world and i have a family and i have a daughter now so only recently i'm like oh i've got to figure out how to make this a business I have to figure out how to take care of myself because it's not just me anymore. I'm fine with the faith and I'm fine with just doing what I can to survive. But now I have a little one and things have changed. And so, you know, I never want to like ask for money or make it business that way. I just want to contribute 
best. And so I'm curious if you can kind of speak on that and, and, and give us your thoughts. Sure. Um, you know, one thing uh, I realized that um, you are more deeper than what I thought. <laughs> 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 when I looked at your Gen athlete and uh, your, you know, your apps and all that, I said, okay, easy peasy, but you are very deep. <laughs> well, you said we're supposed to take care of our body. I'm just listening to what you're saying. <laughs> no, no, but you are very deep. <laughs> okay, let me address one by one, okay? Uh, first thing is that um, in Vedas also, they tell you that when you are learning the self-inquiry, self-inquiry, when you are learning the self-knowledge and introspection, that does not get rid of your hunger. That does not get rid of your bodily functions. Because you carry this body, the body does its functions, whether you like it or not. I don't want to go to the bathroom and you sleep, you pee in the bed, you, know, you wet the bed. So that is how the body, because that is the function of the body, number one. That is a very important thing. Spiritual people have to know that, oh, I am spiritual now, and uh, where is the food, where is the money flowing in? doesn't work that way. Because the spirituality, the ultimate goal should be purity of the mind, clarity of the knowledge. Mm. Whatever you do, meditation, yoga, breathing exercises, asanas, it doesn't matter to me. That's number one. Number two, hunger. Let me give you one simple example. People do not touch this. Everybody, celebrities, everybody talks about world hunger. How can I get it off? It's beyond me. Let me tell you an example. There are 7.5 billion people in the world. In 2019, world produced 18 or 20 billion tons of food. You do the math. Number two. Number three. New York City alone, which has only what? Eight, nine million? Last year, they wasted one million tons of food. You know, after, you know like you are eating pizza, you eat half pizza, and you throw it in the garbage can. Why did I give you that example? that explains it all for the world hunger. What does it mean? There are, we all born with diseases. There is no doubt about it. You may not see them. They are called greed and selfishness. There is nobody you can say, oh, I don't have self, oh, I don't have greed. No, there's no such thing. Those are diseases we are born with, okay? And no other animal other than human has these diseases. You look at tigers, you look at uh, vicious animals, the snake, whatever it is. No, none of them have this. If a lion hunts for its cubs and the you know, what, lioness and whatever, it eats, the family eats, they walk out. And then comes the jackals and all that. Then comes the vultures, everything, leftovers, the bugs and all that stuff. So even though it is hunting one animal, it is helping other uh, beings, living beings. What does human do? When he starts a, uh, a politician or something, let us say, with nothing, by the time he leaves the office, he has $500 million. So greed and uh, selfishness. So how do we get rid of the hunger? 
first thing is if you get rid of doctor you know it's very hard to get rid of uh, selfishness i mean other how can i live then like you just said i have a daughter then vedas also say this this is where we have to understand the key points of the teachings veda means knowledge vid means sanskrit knowledge so what basically you have to do is there is nothing wrong with attachment you don't have to be detached then why then what is the problem don't have entanglement there is a difference between attachment and entanglement how do i how can i explain simply to a normal folk it is it is okay to have a desire hey i want to have a mercedes lamborghini right there is nothing wrong with it but if you work very hard at it and try to you know get a good job whatever way in a dharmic way means in a righteous way you do it shastras the vedas never say no so what it means is if you have a desire that i want to have a lamborghini it's okay but if your desire takes you to the point where if i don't have a lamborghini i will kill the dealer or i will kill my ba 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 then i'll get the lamborghini that is wrong see the difference did you see the difference that is how life should be that is what actually the discriminative knowledge means self enquiry leads to discriminative knowledge this is how you live it doesn't mean you know swami ji my guru also used to say they go to you know himalayas you know those rishi kes and all that all these swami ji's so swami ji goes there and he takes one cave and sits there and does pranayama close his nostril for 5 seconds 10 seconds 20 seconds 2 minutes 3 minutes ba 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 one day idiot like me goes there wow this guy is and he doesn't even talk the swami ji wow he must be powerful so he has some power so finally he goes every day and one day he opens his eyes and can i do anything for you swami ba 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 and all that stuff then he realizes that this guy so he did the meditation this long that means he has powers i want some of it but he doesn't say that he tells him i want to be like you and he says okay come and work. this guy comes then he he brings some you know another five people 10 people 50 people slowly he says swami there are so many thousands people waiting down the hill why don't you please come and just let them see you so he comes down slowly what they do they bring him from the cave to the town they put him in a you know building then who controls the swamiji these devotees oh you can get you can go now you have 7 to 9 this visitations these 9 to 10 people are giving 10000 dollars donations so you have to talk to them see that is entanglement yeah. you got it see i can tell you high level uh, sanskrit words what good is it you have to write it down and go and look somewhere in the google what did he say if i give you life examples so how do i take care of the hunger i already told you so whoever you come across the thing is can i change the world nobody can change the world if you look at the history of mankind there was never peace there were wars from the beginning of humanity from the dawn of humanity there are wars why because we have those two diseases 
no other animal has selfishness and greed best examples are the i always write in my facebook if you look at my facebook writings and i even tell my patients i have been doing this since i was in high school there are four termites for the pillars of humanity four pillars yeah. number one is politicians number two is attorneys number three is uh, uh, you know the religious leaders doesn't matter which religion number four is pharmaceuticals and insurance companies not america i'm talking about the whole world globally why i am saying that this is the same example what i gave you with uh, swami ji in the cave by himself this is how what happened so even though you have good intentions other people don't let you do it but then you say how can i accomplish do what you are doing they always say instead of changing the world ask yourself how can i change myself if you can't change yourself how the heck you can change the world if you can't even uh, uh, talk to your three i mean your uh, daughter and you are afraid you don't want to get her mad with a, I'm, i'm just giving example not you means you or oh, don't don't you know if you say hey don't do the texting or whatever it is when i'm talking if I, if they do it i stop talking then they realize oh he is he stop talking so then they stop because that's respect see the positive values used to be there all the time but now they are all fading away so what can you do the history shows that more and more technology materialism all these progressing in the name of progress yeah they were they are providing comforts so we both can talk now otherwise there is no way you can talk to me i can see you right that is fine as long as you use it for a good cause that's not what happening 99% so what is you are ending up with anxiety fear depression uh, fights you know you saw that, i mean what's going on now with uh, those uh, riots and looting and all that they have no teacher even politicians why did i say for votes they don't mind ruining the other people's lives that's not that's not the way you do because selfishness is so vast compared to ruining even if 1000 people are ruined they don't care so that is your answer to your hunger point to answer your daughter's question attachment is okay in other words you cannot walk away like uh, like buddha did you know gautam buddha name was siddhartha he was a prince remember nepal and then he was uh, uh, i mean when his baby was uh, uh, i don't know the child like a year or so he walked out and his wife gautam buddha so i i know nobody wants you to do that take care of your daughter but at the same time anything you do dharmically means in a righteous way means not without hurting somebody like you know i am a doctor right i always tell my wife even a one penny i earned i earned honestly because i can go to sleep i can look at the mirror and say i help this patient my daughter is you know she's going to medical school now msu my youngest daughter one of her high school friends uh, she's a nurse practitioner she text night before at 12 o'clock midnight panicking that she has some rash and she couldn't uh, call anybody she called another friend who is a icu nurse and she didn't answer so she called uh, my daughter and she said i i, I just started my medical school today and she says no i don't know i'm very panicky and all that then she call, she talked to me i said okay 
He has shingles and tells her a doctor to do one, two, three, four. These three prescriptions. You know what I'm saying? So can I save the whole world? No. If I'm a lawyer, I say, no, no, it costs for our $500, right? Uh, whom should I send the bill? What is her insurance? I didn't say, I didn't do that. You understand? So you take care of, you know, you in your inner self and you try to have a pure mind and you try to live well-being, not to live. You know what Vedas say, don't just live, live wisely. Right? Am I right? So can I, can we both or can we take care of the world hunger? Yes. Answer is yes. But can we take care of all these problems happening? We may not eliminate them, but we can minimize them. How can we minimize them? Once again, I told you in the beginning of our uh, you know, interview, ignorance is compared to darkness. Ignorance is the root cause of all problems. Knowledge is compared to light. In light, you can see everything. Everything is focused. Everything is fine, right? So if we educate your next, you know, at least your listeners or whatever, uh, your uh, contacts, if they do to somebody, it's like uh, views, how many views you get, you know, one to the other, you subscribe this and that, you know, they do all these things, right? So that is how you can spread the knowledge. Knowledge is the key. There is, you can have a million programs with a trillion dollars. They did that for COVID. What happened? Nothing. You can read my posts on COVID, about COVID on Facebook, everywhere I wrote that. What did I say? Everything, every being has its own lifespan. It will take its own course. Your job is not only taking physical hygiene, take mental hygiene. You know what I'm saying? That's all, you know, meditate or, you know, meditation, what it means is that basically with that mantra, mantra is nothing but universal vibration, sound. Mm. In other words, again, another example, guitar. Let, let's take orchestra. You play guitar, I play flute, somebody plays uh, drums, somebody plays something, something, something. Tuba and all those. There is no conductor. And uh, everybody starts, uh, you know, like in that uh, Andy Griffith show, like that, you know, everybody starts doing, the, you know, their own beating, unbearable. <laughs> On the other hand, there is a guy and he puts everything in tune and harmony. It becomes a, I mean, it becomes a beautiful music composition like uh, Bach or whatever those guys are. So basically, you have all those energies sitting in your body, 108 of them. That's why 108 has such significance in the number in the, in the Vedic uh, thought, because 108 energies you can invoke with your meditation, with your mantra, with your uh, breathing exercises, right? All those things. And uh, they, they, again, it has a scientific knowledge. Why? Just like I told you, the vibration that mantra why you have to do certain way that is the vibration that is how you invoke or you excite or whatever you want to say that energy center that's why people go i want a lot of money okay the guru says here is the mantra because he is giving the syllables or words to invoke that center because all these hundred centers are 
again they have to be interconnected just like your brain again why i say scientific just like brain has neurons billions of them cerebellum has 69 billion and you have trillions and trillions of uh, networking means you know the connections axons so many of them but they have to be connected they have to talk to each other just like your www came from that world wide web same web here in the brain so you need certain uh, vibration so that's why everybody uses ohm because if you go to or if you go to youtube and look at the vibration of the sound vibration of the universe ohm if you go under the sea or in a, in a tank full of water put your head you hear ohm hmm. don't suffocate on my account but i am just saying see what i mean is so certain like ohm you have to it comes from the navel to the you know like why is the proper position because the spine has to be erect all these things because if i tie this wire into several knots you may not hear me well you say hey, dr p i get i'm getting interrupted so i i like you know you want to keep it straight same thing see it applies science is nothing but it's a man's uh, invention or you know proof or disproof the only thing i can say as a neurologist as a doctor since 76 so 44 years is that for a while i was skeptic about my own uh, culture and myths and all that i thought that's all humbug <laughs> i did <laughs> i'm telling you because i was reading body brain anatomy pineal gland pituitary gland all those glands i said hey, this is all bunch of humbug now whatever i re- i write fine i read science articles and uh, nature articles and all those things now what they are saying is what the you know spiritual seers said 10000 years ago it's uh, nothing has changed and they said without any ma- electron microscopes or uh, telescopes there's no hubble scope for them to figure it out the stars am i right so but science even though they can reproduce you come with it you know you have, there is a thought in you like even uh, i think the even we have a thought and you make an experiment you fail somebody else uh, proves it then 10 people do it it becomes but still it is a theory big bang is just a theory it's never a fact it's a theory it's like uh, electing a president he doesn't get 100% votes sometimes he gets only 42% that means 58% disagree with him but still he is the president of the country am i right same with theories hmm. but what he, so today what science tells tomorrow is probably not correct because if you are smart enough you say hey wait a minute that's wrong on the other hand whatever 10000 years ago they said without any uh, these instruments tools still correct so that's what made plus i read the neurons and all that stuff that i said no i was a fool not to understand because it's ignorance I, you know basically knowledge is always there you only shed your ignorance just like a snake you know you see sometimes say you know like harry potter movie that snake uh, skin dead skin so in order to gain the new skin it sheds the old skin we do the same thing with our own skin right we how many times our epidermis gone during our lifetime same thing right 
so knowledge is always there only thing is you didn't invent anything we did not invent anything we only shed our ignorance because without the five natural elements like the ether the air the fire the water the earth you cannot create anything you cannot even create a living cell that's why say you know at least in our uh, in you know since uh, you know 20th century at least this is 21st century but albert einstein what did he say he he told all the scientists if you are too enthusiastic in pursuit of science no you should know that the universal spirit manifests in the name of, you know in the like uh, universal laws in the form of universal laws that's what we are calling god hmm. whether you call uh, whatever i call whatever there is only god there is no your god my god this that's why i told you the third uh, the third one was religious leader hmm. the conflict is not between good and evil the fight and conflict is always between uh, your idea or your belief versus my belief hmm. am i making sense so far yeah <laughs> absolutely i've just again i just been enjoying this thing i've been taking notes the whole time and they're all fantastic um and i love your analogies and it's also amazing that you have this you know incredible depth of you know western scientific knowledge um and the deep spiritual understanding because with both of those you can kind of teach these higher concepts of spirituality right with having that same medical knowledge because sometimes you know people like you said when you're lecturing at the university or something you know they just want you to talk about anatomy and things they understand in the material right medicine is very material it's you know this you know and even they they uh, segment everything like the hand is over here with the arm it's not a holistic system you know it all works together and you, you know you can isolate things to a degree but everything is connected to everything else and that gives us a higher understanding of life the universe and our interaction with nature each other um spirit god and all that kind of stuff so i agree with everything you're saying and i'm so grateful for uh just hearing the words it's been it's been fantastic to listen to i feel like i want to ask at least one more important question um it's you know it's a it's a challenging time right now you know there's the covid thing and you know i've been sharing a lot about the covid um getting a lot of flack for it because i'm questioning the whole narrative and what's going on and and just questioning everything that's that's happening here and we're being divided like you said it's two ideas right and and people are hating each other and they're creating war and conflict over an idea and some people want to impose an idea on other people's uh and i think that that's a dangerous thing you know when you want to force something on someone else but the saddest thing i think is this increased suicide uh for young people we have a suicide epidemic already um because of the way our world's set up there's no connection now they want a social distance they want to put masks on they want to stay 6 feet away we're a very social people and all these children that are not visiting their friends um all of these things that are happening we're already distracted with social media we're already distracted with the way we live in um you know uh short term uh pleasure you know really quick dopamine fixes and so we're not we're not living naturally and we're we're losing children we're losing people and it's horribly sad and so 
you know, after I get to answer this, we'll, we'll bring it more upbeat around like, um, you know, what you believe the most powerful mantra is or how we can apply them today. But I feel it's important because I feel like you have a deep level of wisdom and knowledge and understanding to ask if somebody out there is committing, is thinking about committing suicide, or if somebody out there has lost somebody because of suicide, what, what thought or idea might help bring them out of that contemplation back into the world? Because, you know, I've been in pretty dark places in my life looking at how awful the world is. And it's hard if you're empathetic to see so much suffering and feel so small that you don't even know if you can do anything to help it. And you just don't understand why there has to be so much pain and suffering. And so you feel alone and you feel all these different things and they're not great. And so why do you want to be alive? Why do you want to be here to experience this? And yes, there is beauty. Yes, there is connection. Yes, there is wonder and all of the magical things. But when you're in that space, you can't find any of that. And so I'm curious if you could speak to that a little bit. Well, that's a very heavy load question, isn't it? <laughs> so let me, um, like you said, you have your own uh, I'll give you a couple of examples again. One is that when I lost my father in, when I was in medical school at age of 19, I was in fourth year and I lost my father for liver cancer. Imagine how my world will be upside down. And I came from a very simple middle-class family. So there's no such thing like here, health-wise. But I continued, I proceeded. Number two, my uncles, my mother's maternal uncle had eight children. His second daughter has three daughters. And I was uh, in 1976, I finished my medical school. I was 23 and I was doing patients in my house. Just sit there and uh, casually and they'll come and uh, give them advice. So my, so she's my cousin, her daughter was teenager and she came to me and uh, I thought simple tonsil, tonsillitis. So I gave her penicillin and it didn't work and the, they are getting bigger. So I got suspicious. I said, oh my God. So I took her to the uh, teaching hospital. My professor, uh, surgeon was there and he said what, and he examined her. He did a thing, you know, the groin and all that. He said she has lymphoma and she died in three months. That's her oldest daughter and she had two more daughters. And she went into deep depression the mother, no eating, no drinking, no nothing, locked herself in the room. And she was in, living in our neighborhood and she has two other daughters. And uh, mother came to live with her. My uncle used to come and I used to go and talk to her every day. At the time, my summer holidays, I used to talk. I mean, uh, it was summertime and uh, I used to go and talk to her every day, counsel her. I was not a psychiatrist, but I used to tell her, you have two other children to take care of. If, if you die with starvation, what will happen to them? What happened to your husband? Like this, once again, reality, go to the roots. Yes, it happened, but we all have to die. That She died without marriage, with too early. It's a, you know, my father died, you know that, and all that stuff. So gradually, it took about an year for her, and then she became normal, her two other Daughters got married, grandchildren, and all that. When I was in psychiatry, I was at Hahnemann University in Philadelphia, and the doctors were telling me 
the nathan dr nathan he wrote books on depression about the antidepressant ba 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 endo you know like uh, some hormonal imbalance and all that i gave this story not I mean my life thing and i told him it's not all theos remember i was only a first year psychiatry resident why did i tell you this story because this has more impact for kids and mothers than anything else and he said oh, he got so mad he said i want you to give a talk about this for one hour about your culture and how you deal with and all that so i gave next day i gave a talk to all the professors and everybody i was not afraid even then i was only in this country for 3 years <laughs> this was in 83 anyway to answer your question the suicide for the mother and the daughter how do they deal the parent when the child is feeling vulnerable it is only one fraction of a second that thought becomes strong and they act upon 99% of the time they don't number 1 number 2 actually people don't realize the suicide rate is much more higher in elderly than young people that too after they lose their spouse they they die with depression more than anybody else so nowadays it's becoming more prevalent in schools universities and all that because there are a lot of reasons again you have to go back to the reasons root causes number one lack of family support 60 to 70 percent uh, families depending on the culture in this country are single parented that's number one cause number two even the friends they associate with they are not really friends they are there for social enjoyment only number 3 as you know in this you know the drugs are rampantly available here there is influence of the drugs also on the mind because it becomes irrational illogical the, 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 the at least these three are the root i mean at least if you go bottom why they are doing this these are the things people have to address parents have to talk to them everybody is afraid they don't even uh, tell them you know can i see your uh, iphone or something whom they are talking to who their friends are they are afraid because they want to buy the law i'm not saying that you have to discipline them like military no at least to show some tough law not saying you have to beat them or they punish them no you have to tell them from the beginning just like you tell them hey don't touch the fire fire doesn't know its physical properties to heat to generate heat and it burns whether it's a baby or you i recently you know running after my 3 year old towards my pond and i i rolled over because it's a slope and uh, may 9 uh, i dislocated my right shoulder covid time i had to go to the hospital to get that reduced so everybody oh my god i said no it's my fault because i you know i ran the slope and uh, i lost my balance my point is you have to make sure that you talk to your children the even even adult relations between wife and husband the divorce rate is very high because lack of communication also i see patients married 6 7 8 times and the ninth time they say he is wonderful he is this he is that how come oh he we talked to each other i said why the hell you didn't do that with the first husband 
oh i was I, naive there is no such thing naive you didn't want to because your ego came in the picture at that time your ego so communication you know and the vulnerability that point of vulnerability you have to address that sit down and talk even parents don't have time they have to watch their own shows they have to go to work they have to do this they have to do that but you have to spend some time like i told you when we were talking my grandson comes in the middle because he wants attention he is three year old what else you think he will uh, he wants you know you can't say who we are talking you know you can't do that you have to pay attention to him because his brain is that way because he he acts with impulse his id is more stronger than anything else so if you identify those three factors if you address it suicide out then the parents when it comes to parents what is the first thing guilt you know oh my god this 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 you can't say then at that time and say you should have done this you should have done you know you tell them the nash everybody has to death is inevitable just like but once you are born death is inevitable some people what about a young children who get leukemia and they die it's very uh, powerful disease right for young kids in jute kids we see that all the time with the uh, cancers brain cancer and all that stuff so you tell them then later you don't want to nourish the same thing then you have to slowly tell them that at least with the other kids you have communicate with them right tell them don't do this don't do that you don't want to buy their love you want to yeah you can't be friend you are parent you are not a friend people say you have treat your children only you have treat them like uh, friends when they are grown up why do, why don't you let 10 year old drive your car then correct because they don't have that judgment and rationality same thing with uh, say you know you can't treat them like friend you have to tell them what is right what is wrong sometimes it's not like they don't know they do know but you have to make it clear for them so i think i would address the suicide issues with the individual as well as with the family this way because that's how i handled in india with my cousin and her daughter's loss yes i was also depressed when my father died when i was only 19 and then everything looks what do i do now <laughs> quit the medical school whatever i don't know so but you go through and then you say hey life goes on so you know i'm here <laughs> i'm 66 so i'm here so that is how i handle what is the second question you have you said this is one covid the covid distancing so the distancing again medicine is all common sense just like life is common sense medicine is common sense what does it mean like i said before to you every being has its life span that means it has to get weak and it has to die correct what do we do before in in the meantime so it happened so you have to take care of it so we all know that how viruses replicate not just this virus any virus how they replicate and we all know that really there is no real medicine for viruses except for shingles they say acyclovir antiviral agent but anyway we use that um, we have been using for decades so two things i always tell people i do neurology practice i do emgs for carpal tunnel and uh, sciatica and all that if they come with uh, dirty socks dirty shoes to the doctor's office you know what i tell them 
did they, did your mother ever tell you when you were a child when you go to doctor's office that you have to wear clean clothes clean socks clean shoes at least wash your feet i am not hesitant to say that or if somebody uses f word or something i tell them do you know you are a doctor's office you are not with a friend even with a friend that is a vulgar word and i am here to help you you don't use those words when i when i was giving a lecture in uh, cm central michigan university in mount pleasant all the student in a huge auditorium and i didn't even use the speaker i told them i talk very loud so i didn't use any slides i said i just talk listen they didn't they didn't know who i was the students so they were all sitting in the back everything front is empty they came with big pop and computer and lunches and all that so i can't yell at them right away so i started talking and i told them my you know i i don't show slides i don't use microphone and i tell you exactly how you do you have to do when you start seeing patients that is what i show you my last 30 years experience so i when i started talking slowly one by one came to the front and then my one hour is over and the professor is giving me signal that you have 5 minutes left and you have to wind up i have not even done half of the lecture and then he got up and i said i am sorry you know guys if you have any questions i will do next time and all and the student said no we won't go to the next class finish it why i am saying the not that i how great teacher i am that's not the point there you have to set rules from the beginning and i tell them no you can't put your foot like this this is a i am a like i am the teacher you are the student number one number two on top of this is a medical school you have to show the highest standard of uh, dignity and respect mm. put your legs down and the the assistant dean sitting there and my wife came to visit, you know because she has to drive me two hours from grand blank to mount pleasant so she was sitting in the back and they were scared oh my god no teacher says like this to students and he's telling them to put your legs down and all that and at the end i told them you cannot learn anything without discipline it doesn't matter it's not education anything so to answer your covid question common sense is wash your hands all the time people eat with uh, the reason why there are gloves even though god gave you five finger uh, a fork to eat that's why we have the thumb gloves because uh, winter time and it's very cold hands dirty that's why you use gloves so i tell patients wash your hands thoroughly the second thing distancing wise mask because it's a droplet if somebody you don't know the other person is sick or not if they sneeze or cough they don't even put their hand like this they just sneeze a cough on your face so that is the reason why you are protecting your airways and the reason why you frequently wash your hands even if you wear gloves unless you take gloves i for every patient i take my gloves off i wear mask for you know not covid i have been doing that because you don't want to give anything to the patient you don't want anything from the patient because i am very close to the patient when i am doing the test so i always take gloves off every patient we all do all most of the doctors do so at least this vulnerable time do, uh, doing those two social distancing 
you don't have to you know really see you know they they blow out of proportion as long as you wash your hands and if there is no sick person so how do we know that they have they they are you know they are carrying but they don't uh, have the symptoms do, what if they give it to me so six feet right because they think that droplets will come six feet the distance they can come and uh, enter through your respiratory or what of eyes or whatever best thing is when you are washing your face and all that stuff and when you are wearing the mask outside except in a restaurant you have to take out the mask and uh, everywhere else the reason why they say 6 feet is because probably the droplets can go through the eyes right not just the nostrils and mouth membranes they go through the membrane the droplets the virus enters that's what i am guessing that they probably want 6 feet distancing but at home you can be you know you can be normal like anybody else and there is no such thing as 6 feet distance at home because you know your children you know your family they didn't go anywhere else and uh, the other thing i think controversial is you know we you know still we are ordering the food from the outside and they drop it at our doors and all that my wife does that spraying and all that but i do tell them that uh, virus cannot survive on the surface for long time best example is aids virus aids virus can e- uh, kill a patient and first thing it attacks 40% of the time is the brain nerve cells but hiv cannot survive even with your uh, uh, you know soap detergent or whatever you do you know for cleaning bleach and all that it dies so only it can survive inside the human body i mean inside the body so that is at least god gave the other thing is you have to realize everything has to whatever is born has to die there is no such thing but this uh, recent uh, mob looting and all that stuff um people protesting thousands some are wearing masks i saw but still there is a vulnerability there so the second wave can come yeah because who knows the other thing is i think if you take care of yourself like you said diet and exercise even these vulnerable times if they at least drink some pomegranate juice or orange juice or something vegetables a lot not the meat for for a while because the skins of tomato and uh, anything that has dark skin like a grape dark skins have antioxidants any skin that's why tomatoes uh, italians have less heart attack compared to all the people in the world because even though they eat like pigs means the small village they eat one pig full pig um on sunday after the church and even children drink wine so wine as you know wine is good for your heart especially for uh, um, you know for women so there you know actually nature the like we talked about albert einstein quoting that the universal laws are the spirit manifest we have from animals to plants to humans to everybody nature provided the defense what did i tell you it is us who abuse everything that's where the problem is it's not the creation it's not the universe problem it's you that's why 
I told you in the beginning, the seers, 10,000 years ago, they did introspection. That's why they say, open your eyes, you see the creation. Right? Close your eyes and see in, you know, inside, you see the God, the light. That's what the old saying, you know, long time ago. But this is, they, they all make sense. So you ask me COVID, you ask me about the um, suicide. What else do you ask me? Well, yeah, those are the things I kind of wanted you to touch on because oh. I, <laughs> I, I think they are important. And um, yeah, every, everything you shared was, was amazing. And I loved your analogies. You know, we covered we covered a lot of ground. I think it's been two hours, so I'll definitely honor. Wow. <laughs> yeah, I'll definitely honor your time. I don't know. I know you're, you know, less to do because uh, work is a little bit um, less busy for you. But my my last question would just be any anything else that you think that uh, we should have touched on, or what you want to leave the listeners with. Um, any final message, and also where where they might be able to get a hold of you to learn more about your book and more about your work if they want to stay in touch. I'm still writing the proposal. Uh, proposal is like 40 pages. Uh, you know, it's a very lot of research I had to do to do the proposal for the publishers. Uh, the 108 mantras for peace, harmony. Actually, peace, harmony, and happiness, they are interlinked. The blissfulness or whatever you, you asked me about the higher consciousness, you are so much interested. Higher consciousness is nothing but inner peace. What is peace? Everybody thinks, uh, what is peace, peace, peace? What peace is? Non-conflict mind. See how simple it is? Remember I told you, there is no good and evil. It's only your belief versus my belief. So conflict-free mind is a peaceful mind. That is your bliss. So happiness, peace, happiness, harmony, they're all interrelated. Like I told you, Om, peace, 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 Shanti, Shanti, Shanti. They are interrelated. You can't enjoy by yourself if neighbor is, uh, you know. So you want everybody to be peaceful. So the what I want to share is that there is a old saying, it is easy to say than rather than done. You know, it's very easy. You know, what is the easiest thing in the world? Giving advice to somebody else. What is the toughest thing in the world? Following that advice for yourself. You understand? There is nothing else difficult than that. So why did I write this? Because I grew up in India, happened to be the land of uh, Vedas and the land of Dharma and the land of Jnana, Moksha, liberation. They looked at the ultimate goal of the life, not the materialist goal of life. So I happened, I was fortunate to go through those books and continue that journey here. That's why I wrote the book because everything I wrote that 108 mantras came from my experience, from my life. This is how India are, it's, you know, it's not related to a country. It's actually universal value, universal application. It's not one country. Anybody, human beings, we all can live and we, can, we all can live with contentment. Then you say, hey, Dr. P, don't you get angry? Of course I do. Hey, don't you get, uh, don't you want, but over and over and over slowly, it goes down, down, down. You don't react for every little thing. You may blow up one time, but not all the time. And then recover quickly, number one, because having this knowledge. Number two, if I have 
like I told you before, if I have BMW, I enjoy. If I don't have it, it's okay. And when I travel, I don't travel with uh, Rolex or big, big, big things. You know how these, uh, what do you call those rap, rap artists do? No. Reason is I go with simple t-shirt and all that. Because there is nothing for me to show to somebody to impress them. If you are satisfied yourself, and I know I accomplished as a neurologist, I'm a professor in two universities, I have been teaching for 30 plus years, I made some difference in my students' lives, right? What is there to show off to anybody? So you, you go to that stage. But do we have, um, you know, deficiencies? Of course, I'm a human being too, right? Everybody does. Only thing is coping mechanism. How do you cope with it? There is nobody best teaches you than yourself. Nobody. All the wife, children, they're all attachments, but they shouldn't be an entanglement. I don't call my children, hey, what are you doing now? And they call, I answer to them because they're busy. I ask my wife, did they text you? Yeah, that's it. So they're okay. Not in any problem. See, that's how life should go because it all came with this uh, knowledge. And also my wife was telling me last night when we were talking, she said, do you know that most of the successful people are, uh, they read a lot like you, means me. I, I read every book in my library. Next time when we do, I'll show, I'll, I'll sit behind my library. You can see how many books I have. I read every one of them. Why? For my own pleasure, for my own knowledge. And I can share with somebody else. If they feel better and they next time when they think of suicide, wait a minute, Dr. P said this. Okay, you did then what? Nothing. You are, you are going to punish somebody, for example. Oh, I'm going to punish my parents. You are not there to see that. When you are dead, whether they put you in a golden casket or they threw you in the garbage, you don't know. It's only for the people who are living. All that nonsense is for the people who are living. Only thing you want to do is when you leave, did I educate people? I mean, did I make a difference at least in few people? You can't do the whole world. That is the first thing people always think. I want to change the world. Change yourself first and see how much you change. Then you come to me and say, I want to change the world. Then I will agree with you. You change first. If you don't know how to accommodate other person. And also you asked me about the life. There is willingness to live and there is unwillingly living. Work also same thing. Willingness, unwillingness. If you exercise willingness. Oh, hey, this is life. That is the willingness. You live every minute instead of thinking about life. Make sense? Absolutely. Yeah, I agree 100%. <laughs> well, I, well, I, you know, I, I, I talk like this all the time. That's oh, <laughs> wonderful. Yeah, I, I'm just, like I said, I enjoy listening and, uh, and, and learning. And it's great that other people get to hear the message too. Um, I've really appreciated this conversation and I feel yeah. like the, it was very eloquent the way that you use these analogies you know there's you have a lot of uh, research obviously in in many different scientific fields and and i'm excited for the book to come out i got a i don't know if it's a pre-order copy or pdf but it's very interesting and i'm excited to kind of did i send you the uh manuscript yeah yeah so okay, okay. so i looked at it I, you know and it's it's very fascinating stuff i really i really enjoy it 
where can people find you um, if they want to dive uh, deeper into your work and um, just be aware of the book if it comes out and, and where you publish information? Yeah, um, so like I said, probably it may take another uh, week or two to finish my book proposal and then we'll get an agent and uh, some publisher and all that stuff. But meanwhile, you know, if they want to enjoy my conversation, <laughs> like we both did, they can always, uh, you, know, um, you, you know, you have my email, you know, dpostulate53 at gmail.com. I do, yeah, but what about the listeners listening to this? Do you have a website okay. or a Facebook? Yeah, website is there, hindubirth.org, www, Hindu, H-I-N-D-U, H as in Henry, I as in Indiana, N as in Nancy, D as in David, U as in Utah, Bharat is B as in boy, H as in Henry, A as in Adam, R as in Robert, A as in Adam, T as in Tom, dot org, not com, dot org, O-R-G, organization. But Hindu Bharat is lowercase, all one word, hindubharat.com. Perfect. We have I'll make my sure, contact information there. Yeah, I'll make sure that it's linked up in the show notes as well for people to check it out. So, yeah, anybody wants to, you know, listen more or, you know, like I said, this is the only thing I wanted to do. Whatever I have, you know, they say that, right? If I, if I give my money, donate to charities, that's not going to change anything. Mm. On the other hand, if I say, you know, through these uh, podcasts like you, um, if I share my knowledge or my ideas, my experiences, and also repetition is the key. When you give a lecture or when you talk, always repeat at least a few things because repetition is the key. That's how brain grasps it. Not only just the metaphors and uh, analogies, but a couple of times you have to repeat here and there to make the point go through their uh, brains you know but thank you for your opportunity uh, giving give me this opportunity and uh, i enjoyed uh, talking to you. you are very in-depth person you said casual and here <laughs> i said okay but it's not it's very depth in-depth <laughs> casual you know, in, in no it's not casual you are you are very knowledgeable person well, i appreciate you, that you have insight in life that's good very good so like I said, one day at a time, one step at a time. Like uh, even if you want to go from point A to point B, still you have to put left foot, right foot, left foot, right foot. Same thing with uh, yoga, same thing with meditation. I know I'm sorry that we didn't touch a lot about mantras. Uh, that is what the my, but it's so, you know, that's not important because, I mean, in the sense, what we talked probably, you know, if it helps somebody's life, that's more important than my book and my mantras and all that. Well, you know, definitely we can have you back on the show and we can explore that, you know, more in depth. And I think it's the, the philosophy that you share is really impactful. And then the, right. the mantras are going to be ex an expression of that, right? It's like, um, right. you know, the ideology and the philosophy of where that works come, work uh, comes from. So I appreciate what I, lived, what I lived through is mantras, those mantras. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Amazing. Well, thank you so much. It's been an honor on this side. I look forward to Me staying too. in touch Me and too. I'm happy to help, you know, share the book and do what I can to get it out there when it comes. I'll, but, get, uh, I'll get in touch with you as soon as uh, I get publisher. Perfect. Okay. Okay. Namaste. Thank you very much, Dr. P. Namaste. 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 See you later. See you. Bye-bye. There you have it, ladies and gentlemen, the absolutely phenomenal, amazing, 
wonderful Dr. P. That was a fantastic episode. I have to get him back on the show because we didn't even dive too deeply into mantras, um, but he is obviously incredibly brilliant and I really enjoyed our conversation. So if you liked it and you want to spread the vibe, please consider a share, uh, leaving a review on iTunes. Um, also, if any of you guys want to volunteer, you got 10 hours a week, you want to help, uh, that would be amazing. I'm getting such an intake of people. So anybody that's got skills that they might want to volunteer some time would, would love that because uh, the, the podcast takes an immense amount of time and I got some amazing stuff coming out with the Quantum Heart Hypnosis Program with Soul Compass Course with uh, Zen Athlete I'm going to be doing again. And if you haven't read Zen Athlete, it's a guide to peak performance. You don't need to be an athlete. It's just an athletic perspective um, and so much other stuff. So if you want to help, I'll definitely take the help. But leaving a review in iTunes, uh, becoming a patron, going through the Soul Compass course, all of those things are amazing and support. Um, definitely share this episode because it was awesome and I uh, really enjoyed it. So thank you guys so much for listening, for your support. I hope that wherever you are existing in this world, that you're doing okay, that you are strong, that you know that you can handle adversity, that you are connected to spirit and yourself, that um, you have positive internal dialogue or you know how to create more positive internal dialogue, that you have some support in the world and uh, just sending you all of the best. I know that it's challenging being human sometimes. And so um, I hope the show can help you. So thanks so much for listening. I appreciate you. And uh, let's come into a state of peace and coherence before we close it out. Wherever you are in the world, just stop what you're doing. Take in a deep breath in through your nose. Hold that breath and just let it out slowly, filling every cell, muscle, and fiber of your being with joy, contentment, inspiration, connection, love, courage, and ready to take on the rest of the day. So thanks so much for listening, and we'll see you in the next episode.